Welcome again to our Consumer Focus podcast and uh, delighted to be joined again by the wonderful Leila, by Dave and by Marie Claire. So thanks a lot guys for joining. Um, just a little uh, word out just in case you hear any coughing and spluttering going through this episode. I have COVID, it's taken two and a half years and it finally caught up with me. I was thinking I was bulletproof asymptomatic or all the other things that people think when they haven't had it and then it hit, like, hit me like a train head on at the end of the last uh, last week and I'm still not feeling brilliant but there you go such as like anyway nobody wants to hear my ailments so things haven't really changed have they you know I was just thinking crikey do you guys actually watch and read the news because it's a bit depressing who does do you watch it on a regular basis? I, I feel like I, I get it secondhand from my husband, who is on sort of constant podcasts while doing his ablutions. Um, and, and is really ringing it home how, how bad these energy bells are going to be. And it, it just feels like it's completely out of control. Certainly does, doesn't it? Uh, you're nodding away, Leila. You, 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 you read the news avidly. Well, I listen. I have the radio on in the background, and so every half an hour they do a little news bulletin, and it always seems like the same thing um, is being said pretty much every, you know, every thirty minutes. You have to switch it off after a while because it's again like, you know, a doom and gloom, energy price caps, and you know, like the amount of of our the, the percentage of our salaries that are going to be going on, you know, just heating our homes, um, you know, in the next year or so is going to be um, it's quite quite hard to wrap your head around um, and then what with the political situation going on as well at the moment it just feels like everything's kind of spiraling out of control a little bit it's slightly scary yeah. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else but yeah it makes me a bit unsettled totally I mean it's the it's the unknown isn't it and it's uh, a very unusual situation I mean I can only sadly I'm old enough to remember the 1970s and the days of power cuts and pretty much most most um, service sectors were striking back then. And it's the only kind of what I would class as, I guess, similar-ish time, you know, high inflation and everything else I can remember. But I mean, I was a relatively young boy back then. Um, so it is scary, particularly if you've never been through it before, but even then we're just not used to it, right? And, and it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it? Because it's like every week or every every day almost, it feels like we. It just keeps getting. It just keeps getting worse. What about you, Dave? Yeah, um, they're asking. They, uh, my company is asking me to come into the office at least three times a week, and my conscience is saying no. I don't want to do that. I know there's going to be uh, the cost of travel and then the cost of prep on the way, and I really want that to be under like seven, eight quid. When like you know, back in the good old days when it used to be. Um, and all the other expenses that it's going to cost me, except for when I ride my bike, which costs me nothing, and it's the best investment ever. Um, but yeah, even though it feels like I'm looking back at a, a nostalgic age, even though I wasn't alive then, I kind of feel like I've got the the Pathé vintage clips of um, the, 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 the miners striking and everything's bad. It's either that or I feel that I've reached the age where everything used to be better back in the day. Um, but, but but I don't know if we're going to quite have power strikes or anything like that. I hope we don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But it is crazy, isn't it? Because we just kind of lurched from one thing to another. You know, we kind of came, we all got hit the COVID. And of course, that was an, a unique 
sort of once in a hundred years experience, which nobody, you know, again, nobody's been through before. And that all shook us up somewhat. We come out of that, and then you've got the war in Ukraine, you come out of that, and you've got well, we don't we don't come out of that because it's still going on and it's one of it's just one of the many triggers, I think, for what we're going through at the moment. But it is very unsettling for, for everybody. I still feel that there's a, a gap in the market somewhere down the line for a good news channel rather than a bad news channel, because that's all you ever get in the bloody news, isn't it? When you turn on, it's just nothing but negativity. But it's the reality of, of, of what we're living through at the moment. I'm curious, have you, with, with everything that we're going through, has it had any additional impact on you in terms of, you know, have you decided, for example, not to go on holiday when you were very much planning to do so, or have you even cancelled a holiday? Have you maybe cancelled something that you had already bought? Um, you know, has it changed your behaviour in any meaningful way other than what it had done the last time we spoke? I feel we are definitely eating in, eating in more. And over the summer holidays, we probably would eat out more. And we've staycations. Haven't, I've got, I actually don't have an appetite to go abroad because it feels too stressful because I hear of so many people who've done it, got to the airport and it's been cancelled. Yeah. I think I'm a bit um, averse to it for, for many reasons. But I think we've talked about this before, the, the price hikes on eating out. I just feel like just doing more Aldi, big Aldi shops to get lovely food to cook at home. Mm. I am really conscious of, you know, sometimes there's things you hear and they feel like, oh, this, you know, they're, they're scaring us. It might not happen. But with the energy situation, it's terrifying. You know, it, it, and I, I feel like, you know, I'm not someone who's going to have to be choosing between food or heat. But there are plenty of people that are. Yeah, and it's yeah. Leila, Dave, anything to add to that? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, to Mary Claire's point, you know, it definitely, um, the eating out thing, I think, is is definitely something that I feel like I used to do a lot more when I was earning a lot less money and feel like I was, you know, I could kind of get by doing that and going out to eat like three, four times a week. And now I really have to choose my battles. So, um, you know, I won't just, there has to be a, some kind of occasion um, tacked onto it. So rather than just like, oh, it's, Tuesday evening let's go out for a nice dinner like that just doesn't happen anymore um and yeah it's a shame really and you know and even things like um so I shop online at Sainsbury's um I get the delivery but like even that you know becomes extortionate and you think actually what do I really have to show for you know however much I've spent on it and it's um you know the delivery costs are expensive as well and um yeah, I think, um, you know, I might end up having to sort of switch back to somewhere like Lidl, which is nearby, which is just slightly less convenient because you obviously can't get it delivered. But I think, you know, at this point, you're sort of scrutinising every every cost, you know, four pounds here, five pounds there, um, you know, and, and remembering to kind of take things back if I don't want them to the shop. Sometimes I'd, I'd leave the, um, you know, I'd sort of let them sort of sit beyond the 28 day return period if it's closed, for example. But now I'm like, no, absolutely not. So, um, so yeah. Definitely having an impact um, mm -hmm. on, your, on your kind of day-to-day -day thinking and expenditure, etc. Dave, same for you. Yeah, as I was saying before, I think we started recording this. This was supposed to be coming live from a, a budget hotel room, 
on a coastal town or something like that. I've got annual leave. I'm so keen to spend it, not just in my local area. But I just got through the booking process and I kind of went, is this going to be worth it? Like, firstly, I saw the the customer reviews saying there's a bit of dry mold, dry rot and there's mold and there's other bad services. And then I was like, okay, how am I going to get there? The train's going to cost me too much. And I was like, is it is the time right? Or should I do like Leila, just wait till a birthday and then or, 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 or do the right thing, do the social thing, grab a few friends, split the cost and then just actually make an occasion of it. Um, so unfortunately, we're live from Chateau Dave. Coffee's all right. <laughs> well, um, at least you've got a roof over your head. That's yeah, good, good company as well. That's the main thing. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? I mean, it, it really is affecting all of us, isn't it? Just in terms of, you know, just day-to-day decisions that you'd normally, things you'd normally not even have to think about, actually, in terms of, you know, maybe where you shop, your groceries, etc. You know, just having to really make much more consider, considered decisions about where you shop because of the situation that we're in. And obviously the political, I think you alluded to this, Mary Claire, but, you know, the political environment is just, it's just making it worse, isn't it? Because we're in this period of stagnation until we get a new prime minister where somebody can actually take some decisive action about this. It's just ridiculous. But we are where we are. I always take comfort in the fact that everything in life is cyclical and history does have a habit of repeating itself, you know, and even when you're in the middle of something, no matter how scary it might seem, whether it was the pandemic or the the cost of living crisis that we're in now, you know, we will come out of it. That's the reality. We will come out of it and we'll come out of it, you know, sooner rather than later. But of course, again, the question is how soon is, how soon is soon? And it may not be soon enough for some. And whilst we might all still be okay, you know, there are people who, you know, it doesn't even bear thinking about this winter, you know, to your point about, having a choice of, you know, either keeping themselves warm or being able to put food on the table. Anyway, moving moving on from that, um, I wanted to talk about, as we do, as we always do in these, in these podcasts where we delve into, into an area of, of customer experience in a bit more detail, um, I wanted to just spend a bit of time talking about last mile delivery. I think the last mile experience is hugely important whether you've been buying online or whether we're talking about it in a, in a multi-channel sense, because for many people, it's the last touch point that you have with a brand that you've, you know, you've given your money to, and, and it can really have a big impact on, I think, and how you feel about that business. Um, I'm curious to ask, when, you, um, when, you're, when you're choosing how you have your order fulfilled, do you sometimes decide to go down the path of click and collect because the retailer that you're buying from doesn't have the delivery option that you're looking for. Can I dive in straight away with who I I think is absolutely nailing it in terms of their delivery or click and collect or how you can get same day? Please do. Uh, Argos. Argos. So Argos has become something I'm quite loyal to for various reasons i've suddenly it's becoming it's not quite my john lewis but it is a really reliable service i find so it gives you a really straightforward option online put in your postcode is it available in your immediate store tells you immediate if it's in stock then it will tell you if not it might be at this one that's this many miles away from you 
then it offers to click and collect it at Sainsbury's also, or they'll say they can do same day delivery and you pay a certain amount if you want it within certain hours, or you can have it up to 10 o'clock and that might be free. I, I would need to check that, but it just feels like it does everything and I get next points and it does everything possible to make me keep coming back to them. That and also the fact that because Sainsbury's and Argos, Nectar and Habitat are all allied now. You're if you're getting Argos furniture, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because I've got some really nice furniture from them recently, but they'll also surprise you with, oh, this is Habitat as well. Which has Habitat has also now got a bit of um, I don't want to say everyday range because that's John Lewis's version, but it's got the more basic range. So it's almost like they've all come together to, to make a brilliant delivery experience. And when I all click and collect, and when I had something delivered recently that was too big for me to collect, the guy who delivered went out of his way to make sure, uh, even though I was saying, oh, you might have to leave it on here and I'll get someone to bring it around the back. He's like, no, no, I can do it. I'll put it on my trolley. It really felt like a, it's, it, was, it felt like it was Argos delivering it, not somebody outsourced. Right. That's good, good feedback. And uh, I've got some thoughts on them that I'll talk about maybe in a bit. But um, so great that they are nailing, nailing all of that. Leila, have you had that experience? Have you found yourself clicking and collecting primarily because the delivery choices available weren't appropriate for you? Um, yeah, well, actually, I was um, thinking the same thing as Mary Claire in terms of Argos, because um, I... So I traditionally used to think of uh, click and collect as being, you know, like Ikea, something Ikea did quite well. But, you know, being like living in sort of inner city and not having access to a car, it, that's, that's pointless for me because, you know, how am I going to get to an Ikea and get a big ticket item back? And, you know, I think their, their delivery costs used to be like a £35 flat rate or something, which was just way too much and so um argos is good in the sense that um you know you can get stuff pretty much instantly and also they have stores physical stores in very convenient locations as well like so they have them in you know like the two minute walk from bank station for example they've got an argos and you know so i think that like the way that they've done it is really good in terms of like the spread of stores that so they have them in the middle of cities um you know but they don't feel like they're kind of like these big sprawling things so it's a very like easy transactional you know like in out very quickly kind of experience which that in itself is a blessing as well um yeah so i think you know as long as click and collect is great but as long as you can kind of um you know get to the stores with relative ease yeah yeah well the good news the good news for you then is that ikea are opening up in uh, the west end of london so yeah. you know, they're taking the old top shop store and their plan is to be closer to where customers live shop and socialize and also work so yeah, I'm very looking forward to seeing that, actually, because right. actually it's um, the kind of thing where, you know, you do go to an Ikea and you want to pick up lots of smaller mm -hmm. items. I think, oh, I have to get like a, a random bus back. So, you know, I can't pick up too much stuff. But if you're in um, Oxford Street, then you're more likely to, they're more likely to sell a lot of those smaller items to yeah, people yeah, yeah. like, yeah. What about you, what about you Dave? Is click and collect something that you, uh, that you ever take, take a retailer up on or do you go for, always go for home delivery? Yeah, I mean, you know, for example, I can see my trainers are starting to wear out, but I don't need them today. I can get them in three to five working days before yeah. the hole starts to emerge and I'm, I'm just walking around like a hobo. So click and collect is great for me, um, particularly during the lockdown. Um, 
months, years, I can't even remember, it all merges into one. But when I needed an excuse to leave the house, when I needed motivation, I did loads of click and collect just to make sure that I felt enough stimulation to get out of the house. And then I'd wrap that up into either a bike ride or um, a weekly shop. And although I feel I'm quite against walking into Sainsbury's to go get some bread and eggs and, oh, I think I need some Egyptian cotton pillowcases as well. And I never like that convergence <laughs> while getting my key cut at Timpson and all the other concessions. I never like, I've always found that kind of weird. It's like go to individual stores, not just one supermarket that does it all. Mm-hmm. But that convenience, that spread, particularly in the inner cities of having a, an Argos and a Sainsbury's, uh, I think it's brilliant. I just think that Argos has lost a lot of character since I went in there. That's all. I just want to flick through a catalogue no, <laughs> while waiting. It's all digital now. It's all digital. <laughs> um, and, and just out of curiosity, have any of you actually, when you've been looking to buy online, has the lack of delivery options when you found something that you want to buy, has the lack of delivery options actually literally made you decide to go and buy from someone else? I definitely found in lockdown, if I wanted to get somebody a nice birthday pampering gift or some sort of, not quite a hamper, but something that felt like, you've got a lockdown birthday, here's some nice gin. Mm-hmm. If I was on John Lewis' website, I would get it, put it in my bag, and it would say next day delivery available. And mm. then when I went out, it gave me three days later or something like that. And I kept thinking, maybe it's just this product. Go back and do it again. It also happened with M&S. And how I felt there, it was almost like I really needed those reliable brands to be able to fulfill the fact that I may have forgotten somebody had an important birthday the next day. So it's my bad planning. But I did feel like it was offering me next day and then when I got to check out it wasn't and I am not the sort of person I'm too stubborn I wouldn't go oh well, they could just have it a day later I'll just go on Amazon who will mm-hmm. get it there yeah 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 Dave Leela what about you I've um I've actually gravitated towards Wilco out of um for cat food and cat pet supplies and things because basically um, I used to go um, get them from Sainsbury's, but they kind of, I found it quite unreliable because, you know, with Sainsbury's, if you pick a specific um, item, then, you know, then they they don't have it, for example. So, you know, if you if you select, um, you know, accept a substitution, then then fine, you know, that's kind of on you to take whatever they give you um, or not. Um, but actually, if it's, you know, like, you know, with pets, they can be quite fussy and specific of, over certain foods. So if they don't have that particular one, they're not eating. So, you know, it's quite important that because, you know, you'll get the email just before the Sainsbury's deliver, delivery arrives saying, you know, oh, some items that you ordered aren't in stock. So you pay for them, but then it tells you on the day that they weren't in stock. And then you're kind of, you know, back to square one, really. And, you know, sometimes I've run out of food, so I need to, you know, I need to know that it's coming. So Wilco have been really good because they do a next day, although it's eight pounds, which is expensive. So you need to make sure that you're ordering in bulk. Um, but it's the only one that for me has been really reliable for that. I think even Amazon, you know, sometimes, they, you know, stuff like this comes from like random resellers and doesn't get to you in time. Um, and, you know, again, to um, Mary Claire's point about, uh, sometimes you're checking out on even Amazon sometimes, you know, it says it says prime next day. And then actually when you when you click pay, it'll say estimated delivery th- two, three days later. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, when you need something the next day, you need it the next day. 
So, yeah. It's a good point, actually. The and I was going to say a good friend of mine, Amanda, has become the retail director at Wilco recently. So I'll make sure she, oh. make sure she hears this. Um, it's a really good point with that kind of ambiguity of service levels and delivery. You know, when you sometimes get the kind of usually ships in two to three or two to four working days, and you're like, what exactly is that, and when do I count that from? So you're 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 citing an example there of where you wouldn't buy from somebody with that level of ambiguity, particularly if you know you need something the next day. It will literally make that make your decision for you. Then is that the case, Lula? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, cat's got to eat, and I'm I'm wish I was more organised as to order stuff way in advance, but I'm not. So <laughs> it always ends up being like, oh god, I actually completely run out, so I need to order something to come tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, such as I'm sure the case for many other people too. Indeed. What about you, Dave? Have you uh, found yourself not making not making that purchase because of that sort of ambiguity over the over over when you're actually going to have your order delivered or anything like that? No, I, th I think I'm pretty chill. <laughs> I think that's just my approach to most things. And if anything, um, I mean, I usually find myself shopping later into the evening, at which point, you know, when are they actually going to get the confirmation email? in order to put that into a trolley to get into a van to get to my house. Usually I do the same as what some other people do. I just leave it in the basket overnight, come back to it after I slept on it the next day and then decide if it was for me or not. Fair enough. Um, and from a delivery cost point of view, I mean, do you expect, Dave, do you expect to get your delivery for free when you're buying online? Um, I think there's a cost of labour involved. So, of course, postage needs to be either factored into something that is added on or it's just included in the price if the prices are a bit higher. And I say that coming from uh, an ex-local newspaper delivery <laughs> boy as a teenager, even though it's about 30 pence an hour to do that. Um, yeah, I think costs needs to be factored in for that. Plus, even though most vehicles are now going electric, there's still the factor of um, petrol or electricity yeah. or whatever it is yeah. to do that uh, your your story there of uh, delivering newspapers reminded me of something i did all of what well, i'm now to see my, my calculator out so it must be about 50, 50, no 46 years ago or thereabouts when i was 10 i had a milk round i used to i used to jump on a milk cart at half four or five o'clock in the morning and deliver milk and i remember i think it was like day two I jumped off the back of the milk cart with a crate of milk, of course, not realizing that me and the ground were moving at different different paces. Suffice to say, I didn't actually get paid any money for about a month because uh, I was still paying back all the milk that I, milk bottles that I smashed. Yeah, think about the cow labor as well. You know, they went through all that. Um, I mean, I've, I've done it all as well. I've, you know, the stickers that say don't post junk mail. I've post junk mail. You had to respect the stickers, but I've still done that as a little... Um, we all do university earner so we all do what we can to get by right um lately, what about you marie claire leila do you have any thoughts on um you know delivery is that an important factor for you in terms of getting it free or not when it comes to making your decisions about buying online from a from a retailer i think i think because with amazon prime you feel like you're getting it for free because you've paid up front or you've got it attached to your tv or whatever yeah. um i think it sometimes is a bit of a oh and there's a delivery charge i think i'm sometimes alarmed with how much they vary um 
you know, 350 seems acceptable, but 999 for delivery can feel a bit, ouch, that's, a, that, that's ch totally changed the price point of something that I was buying because I thought I had a good deal on it. Um, mm. And I also have noticed that, and again, I can't remember which one it is, it's either John Lewis or it's Marks and Spencers. Now, one of them will charge you to click and collect a certain amount. I don't know how much it is, but it's no longer a free option. So it's almost like well, I'm still going to, but I suppose they think, well, we've had somebody come to Waitrose for your, you know, it's not John Lewis, is it? It's Waitrose, it's the partnership. They probably think, well, there is still a delivery cost, but um, th then I'd rather go, well, I'd just get it to my home. Um, and one of the things, just to your point about ambiguous delivery, it's missing deliveries because you don't know when something is coming. You know, it's the, the days when a washing machine was delivered on a certain day. I remember my mum saying, you can't go out all day because something's coming and yeah. it was coming and it wasn't ever late. And that kind of can vary now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, that's a really good point. Well, it, I mean, that, that is the point around things like click and collect. You know, I think the reason why people tend to go for that as an option is when the options around delivery are maybe a little bit ambiguous, you don't feel like you're completely empowered and in control of the situation. And therefore it just seems easier and more convenient to choose to click and collect. Obviously I'm not talking about a washing machine. Um, you know, something, that, something that's easy to pick up um, that doesn't leave you wondering about what happens if I'm not in, what happens if I don't like it and I need to change my mind, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's good insight on on delivery. I'm, I'm I was wondering how you would feel about that. How do you feel about uh, delivery, Leila, in terms of again, is is getting it free? Is that a real driver for you, or is it not? That's not so important. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if um, if I'm more inclined to shop somewhere that offers free delivery because you feel like you're, um, you know, because actually the, the online experience is kind of is better in a way than the physical experience because it's less effort on your part right but if you're having to compensate for that effort by paying a delivery fee then it kind of swings and roundabouts then so um yeah it, it's it, if it's if it's somewhere that i where i could quite easily go into a store like so if it's a store i'm buying from that's near me I, and it charges for delivery i'll always just walk into the store and get it um you know but then you, you know amazon so amazon prime like i pay for that and always seem surprised when i see it come out of my account and i'm always outraged for a bit but i'm like oh yeah i signed up for this but actually you know it just means that you can kind of order stuff freely on amazon and um you know and not have to kind of worry about it and asos i think they do the I think it's like 10 pounds a year premier delivery and you get everything you know free delivery so that always feels quite um mm -hmm. you know it just it just makes you it, it kind of takes away one more barrier to you buying something i think if the delivery is free or you've prepaid for it um in my... I think, uh, you know interesting you bring up amazon a couple of times there. i think amazon prime probably is the best retention marketing campaign of all time right isn't it you know in terms of us feeling that we're kind of, we've paid for it already, right? We've got it, we might as well use it. Uh, and as they continue to keep adding new product categories, it just becomes stickier and stickier, you know? Makes it harder to choose to go elsewhere, doesn't it, in a way? Um, what about horror stories around deliveries? I mean, are we past the days when things were thrown over the garden fence or left in the wheelie bin? 
and you know ruined or damaged or whatever is it ever have any of you had any real delivery horror stories either previously or or lately i this isn't a personal horror story but it's been brought to my attention of a local business which is all about unclaimed amazon reselling unclaimed amazon items and the local um theory or whatnot is that it's actually when they possibly have gone around collecting stuff that has not been observed um so it's making a business out of poor deliveries because wow. you know anybody can say oh it just didn't arrive um and then it gets resent to them whereas somebody's hoovering up these unwanted goods of course i'm not going to name any names but that's apparently you know it's a it's a business strategy because it's so it i've not lost an amazon item but i know plenty of people who have but basically so so what you're saying is essentially it sounds like a fairly unscrupulous local business that goes into people's wheelie bins or front doors or whatever gets the amazon parcel before the person knows that it's been delivered and and then that person doesn't think that they've they've had their delivery successfully they complain to amazon amazon resend them the same item and this business resells the items that they've essentially sold uh, yeah that that's pretty much what the what the local knowledge is i mean i you know you, ca you can't know that i've never been anywhere near it because i wouldn't want to buy something somebody else had unclaimed um but it's earpods and things like that wow i've never heard of that before it doesn't surprise me in the slightest, but I've not heard of it. Amazing. Any 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 horror stories, Layla? Uh, buying, uh, having goods delivered, and some some kind of issue with it. Um, well, actually, recently I was um, I was I got a very last minute ticket to a, a music festival this summer, and um, to, and I was completely unprepared, so I went on ASOS and you know ordered a load of stuff, thinking you know and it had to be next day delivery as well so you know all the next day delivery and I was like I'll pick out a couple of bits I'll probably just return the rest um anyway so the um I think it was every the carrier and I, I find them quite unreliable anyway so as soon as I saw because I think they've recently switched to them and um it, you know I was a bit like oh god okay well pray it gets here I was at home anyway um it never came um, and when I contacted customer services, they were just like, oh, something's gone wrong with the parcel. Like it's been ir irreparably damaged. So they've sent it back to, to ASOS. So I was like, oh, well, it's too late then. So I just got a refund. And then about a week and a half later, I got this giant cardboard box on my doorstep, which had the ASOS order in it. But it had like about 10 other items of clothing in it as well. So it's like obviously at the depot, somebody had just seen this pack package and been like oh this must belong to it as well and just swept up all these random like you know dresses there was a sari in there there was a you know all sorts of like weird and um, wonderful things and it was basically yeah and I so I, I've got this big box full of like um full of things that you know I've been refunded on so I've essentially got them for free but you know a load of um, other things as well that I didn't necessarily buy and um, I just wonder what process or chain of events happened in the run-up to that <laughs> that happening and what I'm going to do with this box full of things now because you know I find it it's obviously quite wasteful so um you know uh, I'll probably sell them somewhere or um you know but then it's yeah it was just donate them, not necessarily donate them, donate them to a charity yeah <laughs> that would be the, that would be the way to go um 
Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting one. Yeah, so that's right. I haven't heard of that either. So so it's almost like they're using you to get rid of a, of a excess, unwanted, undelivered stock problem. Um, it's really strange. But that sounds like that sounds like it was a, it was a delivery company that, that did that, was it, or was it actually ESOS? No, it, I think it was the delivery company. So um, yeah. you know, it seemed to be that the the level of like the standard of delivery has gone down markedly since I think they switched to this um, current provider. So I have fed that back to them as well. I think if I'm not mistaken, that that is a delivery company that's rebranded not that long ago. Yeah, I can't remember what they were before, but they were something that was, um, might, you know, might have, been, might, might have been, may or may not have been Hermes. Ah, uh, yeah, that was it. Possibly. Um, yeah. yeah, so re a rebrand doesn't necessarily make you uh, deliver great customer experience and customer service. You've still got to fix the problems that were there in the first place, which sounds like they've, they've got a challenge to do there. Um, but that's a really interesting. Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd be much better when they donating those products to, to you know um, a homeless charity or you know some other some other charity that could mean that the products go to somebody that really needs them. I'm not saying you don't need new clothes, but you know what I mean. In this case, you ended up with all these excess products that you don't necessarily need in the first place. Um, what about you, Dave? Any 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 horror stories? Yeah, no. Apart from um, not actually knowing when between one pm and nine pm that this tiny item that I ordered on Amazon is going to come, um, my only horror stories is being a cyclist and trying to avoid delivery drivers because they're just trying to make their slots. But I can only go a limited speed, so I, I always worry that an Ocado <clears throat> driver is going to clip me and knock me off. That, that that's my nightmare that has yeah. yet to hopefully God never. Forbid. God forbid. Mm. I worry. I worry. I worry these days. I mean, I've just got an electric car, and I worry about electric delivery vehicles, and uh, particularly those on bikes and everything. You just because I only get knocked down by one of them not that long ago, and you really don't hear them. And you know what bikes are like. Bike. I mean, electric bikes, um, in and out of the traffic and everything. And if you don't hear it, and you're not, you know, really keeping an eye out, you know, it could be quite quite an issue. Um. Is there one delivery company that any of you have worked, you know, any of you have um, ordered through or continually order through that you think, or should I say any delivery companies that work on behalf of the retailers or the brands that you buy from that you think consistently they're just really good? They nail it when it comes to the experience. Any, any of you get any thoughts there? I tend to, I think, find that DPD is slightly less, um, slightly more reliable just because of the way that they communicate with you during the process. I think they were the first ones to take the photo of the item at your door um, before everybody else started cottoning on. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily choose a particular retailer because of the delivery company that they use. But I do always appreciate it when there's a good one, especially if they um they kind of show you on a map whereabouts the driver is um you know so like with amazon yeah like we were saying it could come between 7 a.m and 10 p.m which is not really helpful if you've got to go to the office or you have to pop out to the shops or whatever so we'll do anything outside of your house for the day so um it's quite good to know you know your number 35 in the queue so you've probably got another couple of hours before they turn up um mm -hmm. but not many of them do that um but more of them should i think that's a really good point though you made there because that sort of, again, empowerment um, 
you being empowered by knowing they've taken a picture of the of the item being left outside the door, so you know they've attempted delivery, you know it's been left there, you know where the order is. You know, again, I think for me that's the next stage of experience that we should be looking for as consumers, where we're much more in control of what's happening around that last mile experience, even to the point where you know we can go onto an app and reschedule the order if for some reason that slot between one and nine isn't convenient for us anymore we can pick another time of day that is um because that then from a convenience point of view kind of takes it to another level doesn't it what about i want to ask you about returns now because there's been a there's been an interesting change recently i'm sure you've noticed where some brands like zara and others who have always offered free returns have reverted to uh we're going to charge for that now does that do you think that will change your behavior in buying online or your decision making about buying online if you have to pay for a return? Who likes pick that up? Anybody? So sorry, do you mean you have to you can't just return it in the prepaid envelope? Yeah, so basically instead, yeah, instead of them offering to uh, offering free returns, you're now going to physically have to pay to return the goods to the brand. Um, and it's a, it's been an interesting move. Zara have done it recently, um, and there you know there's different different theories as to why businesses are doing that. And we can talk about that in a minute. I personally don't think it's got anything to do with the climate or sustainability or anything. I think it's a business decision. It's a commercial decision, you know, that they've taken. But I'm just curious to know that if you were aware of that and you were aware of the fact that you are now going to have to pay for a return instead of get it free and a free and a prepaid you know um package would that change your views on who you bought from it would for me i don't buy very much clothing online at all but the things i would buy are school uniform because it's i know what i'm getting and but that would normally be mns but i, I often buy a couple of sizes to try them on my daughter and then we'll return what doesn't work um so yeah, I wouldn't want to be paying anything more for that because I'm always trying to reduce the cost of something as astronomical as school uniform. So yeah, I, 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 it would turn me off completely. Yeah. Lila, Dave, any thoughts? Um, um, yeah, I think that the um, annoyance at having to pay up to you know ten pounds to buy something and return it, but actually your net gain is nothing um is you know quite high it's um you know something that i take into account when buying from somewhere thinking actually you know um you know with somewhere that does free returns or makes it very easy um it's quite you know it, there's no there's no risk to you buying something and so therefore you're more likely to spend money with them and probably buy more than you would otherwise but actually when it's quite um you know you you it makes you think about it more um and you're less likely to make frivolous decisions um which is good for you potentially but not great for the retailer because i think that you know if i'm thinking like that probably other people are as well yeah. um because you know, yeah like you say you could have you could have just spent 10 pounds to get nothing and that's um you know doesn't in this climate it doesn't feel like a very good use of my money yeah so in other words it could actually drive down your conversion and how much you spend and whom you spend it um mm -hmm. i think you know i i do get a sense that that it you know what you were talking about Mary claire it's that kind of attempt by a retailer to say well you know 
it's unsustainable to continually enable people to order two or three or whatever more sizes of something, not knowing which one's going to be right and then send them all back. But I think if you've got a big store network like Zara, you might look at it and think that you, you'll still capture most of that change in demand in your physical environment. But it doesn't always work that way. So I think it, I think it is a risk on behalf of the retailers to take away that level of service and level of experience. And, you know, the whole thing with buying online is it's meant to be convenient. And if all of a sudden you're going to have to pay for something that you don't have to pay for by going into a store, Dave, returns, free or not, or you don't really care. Yeah, I hate to be the anti-consumer guy on a consumer podcast, but I do think there's a degree of labour that went into that. If you've ordered like 10 kilos worth of clothes, then that's going to affect the petrol that cost and then the environment. And then I'm, I'm thinking way too deep, way outside of the circle here. Um, I think that we've been spoiled for choice for doing this with big retailers, but the, the, the reason I'm not completely anti-consumer on a consumer podcast is I'm thinking of the the smaller business that might be having to ship all this stuff out, then have to deal with the returns of something that's been tried on once, might have smeared a bit of nose grease or makeup on it or whatever. And they've got to deal with that return, which takes time out of their small boutique shops day. But also they can't now sell that item that you've, there's two, three, four items that you've returned as first hands. They're, they're, they're now secondhand goods. And definitely sport for choice for the bigger guys but if you're good if you're doing that to um to a smaller business just because you've been trained to do it um, yes it's yeah. not particularly good so i think it it maybe it should be discouraged um but then you know i'm talking about clothing it's a complicated thing where we're all different shapes sizes and fits so i don't know i haven't been i haven't been into a dressing room in a few years so <laughs> And that experience I find quite stressful, taking four different pairs of jeans. I remember the combination of leg and waist that I am. It's an interesting one. I mean, you know, I think sometimes some of it's driven by actually the lack of efficiency on, on behalf of the retailer in terms of how they communicate their sizes. Um, I mean, if it's a staple product that you buy regularly and it's fashion or something, then, you know, because we're not just talking about fashion, although I appreciate with returns, we kind of mainly are. Um, and I think the more familiar with a brand you are, the more the less likely you're going to need to order multiple sizes because you're going to know what your size is. Whereas when it's a brand that you're maybe less familiar with or if they've chosen to have an unusual way of describing their size and fit, or if they've chosen an unusual way of describing their size and fit, that's what would drive you to order more than one size. And, and that's where it becomes an issue, you know? So I think I could argue that retailers, some retailers and some brands could do a better job of how they describe that. And sometimes when you're using model shots, even just describing the size of the model, you know, gives you a better indication of what what that might what that item might look like on on you. That's been another episode of Consumer Focus. Um, I'm very grateful to my guests, Dave in his cave, <laughs> Mary Claire, and Layla. Thank you so much to you all for sharing your insight, for sharing your feedback. Uh, you are real life 
human beings and your real life consumers. And I think uh, there's nothing more powerful than hearing from the horse's mouth about, you know, what your drivers are, how you're feeling about the current climate, which is obviously distressing for everyone. Let's hope things will improve in the future and in, in the near term. Although I think we've all got a sense that we're going to be in this for a little while, but let's hope the changing of the political guard will at least give us a little bit of clarity and start to move things in the right direction or make things easier for people. Um, thank you very much for sharing your experiences around delivery and returns and how you view all of that, because I think it's really important that we share that with brands and that we share that with vendors that are in that space as well, so they can all learn how to do a better job serving us. So thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you the next time. Until on then. Focus. <laughs> and thanks to your daughter.